It's hard to see our young adult children wondering how faith and career fit together when they see adventure and opportunity on one hand and a broken world on the other. For almost 40 years, Redeemer University has provided students the time to explore and ask, where is God in this? While they study and prepare to become the next generation of Christian leaders, Redeemer is where faith and future come together, so they're ready for the road ahead. Ready for what? Ready for anything. Visit and apply at Redeemer.ca. What's different in blended families is you have so many other layers to the relational dynamics that make this even more complex, and it's harder for couples to come together around parenting matters. Therefore, it's harder for them to keep their marriage safe and protected. Well, that's Ron Deal, and he's our guest again today on Focus on the Family, along with his co-author, Dr. Gary Chapman. And we're so glad to have you along with us. I'm John Fuller with your host, Focus President and author Jim Daly. John, we had an encouraging discussion last time with Gary and Ron um, as they shared some great principles to help step families grow in love and understanding for one another. And, you know, I was a kid in a step family, so I get it. These are very uh, poignant comments that they're making that I lived through as a child. And I didn't do that well. I didn't particularly like my stepfather at certain days, you know, when things weren't going right. I just didn't have a context to understand them. And that's the point. Uh, Last time and today, we're giving you context to understand the emotional and even spiritual dimensions of a blended family. And, you know, honesty is a great path forward. And we learned that last time. Uh, Get together, talk about those things that aren't working. Treat it like a crock pot, not like a microwave. Be patient as the adult in the relationship, particularly with those stepchildren. And move forward slowly. And uh, Dr. Gary Chapman applied the love languages to that. If your love language, for example is touch. Start slowly with a hand on the shoulder, not a hug. And uh, there was great content Mm -hmm. there. If you missed it, go back, get the smartphone app, uh, download it from our website, whatever you need to do. This is great stuff for a blended family. It is. We even have CDs because a lot of people still listen to CDs in the car. (laughs) Way to go, CD listeners. uh, You'll find all of these uh, opportunities to watch or listen again at focusonthefamily.ca. Gary and Ron, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Good it to was, be back. It was so good. I really, you know, just the thoughts that you planted, the seeds that you planted in my mind, I know they're resonating with people. Uh, we did talk about cultivating love in a blended family. That's what this is all about, right? Right. Um, especially and even in the face of that competition description, Ron, that you gave us, you know, there's always this underlying competition that my mom shouldn't be spending that much time mm-hmm. with that stepdad and, you know, the stepfather saying those kids are or taking too much time from my new wife. I want to spend time with her. I think in some ways those are normal feelings, but they can be extremely dangerous and harmful to the relationships, right? That's the bottom line. Let's just start with that nugget. Why is it important to back up and understand the environment you're in in that moment? Well, it's helpful to know what's going on in a child's heart. You know, one of the things occurs to me that we didn't mention is, you know, step-siblings are kind of competing with each other for their biological parent. Imagine a child. I get two weekends a month with my dad, and when I'm at my dad's house, I have to share my dad with my stepmom and my stepmom's three other children, my step-siblings. And so there's four people spending time with my dad when it used to just be our time with dad and it was just us. I mean, that's a natural, huge adjustment that a child has to make. How do I make room for all these new people in my heart? 
And when I'm desperately holding on to what I used to have or what really matters most to me, my dad. And so how do I navigate that? For a step-parent to step back and go, that's just silly. I don't know why you're worried about that. Well, you're not stepping into the child's shoes in that moment. This is not to say that you let a child be disrespectful in a tone or an attitude because of what's going on inside them. No, you don't have to endure that. But it is helpful if you jump into their shoes and go, you know what? I think I'd be wrestling with all of this too. How do I approach this child in a loving way? Yeah, that is really good. I, I'm thinking of that. You know, you're, if you're connected biologically to the father and this is your stepmom and the other child is connected to mom biologically, mm-hmm. those kids can have some really terrible conversations, yeah. right? Yeah. Your mom is no good. Right. Or your dad's terrible to my mom. Yeah. It's all those kinds of things that can occur. And let's make sure we present the other side, because sometimes step-siblings absolutely adore one another. They all love football and imme- immediately right. have something to come around together. And uh, yeah, I've never had a sister before. This is great. You know, I mean, there's a lot of good that happens in the midst of all of this. And really, that's one other element here. There's good and hard at the same time. It's not all good or all bad. It's often both simultaneously, Mm -hmm. which is just confusing as you're trying to figure this out, whether you be a child or an adult. Gary, it it poses this question as a parent, hopefully a God-following parent who wants that harmony in their home. How can you teach the siblings age appropriately about the love languages? Uh, What do you say to them? to encourage them to know your brother's love language. This is what he likes. Well, I do think that's important. It's another way of kind of bringing them together. And the fact is, everybody needs love. Mm. I don't care how young you are, how old you are, what's happened in your past. Everybody needs love. Well, the Lord did say, love your neighbor and love your God. I mean, it was kind of like the poor thing. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So if we could have a family discussion about the whole concept of, you know, I know we've all been through a lot of things. You know, you've lost your mother. uh, But we're together now. And we want to learn how to love each other. Yeah. And I think we choose to love, but then we learn how to love. And discuss the five love languages, five different ways to love people. Um, let me go back to that relationship between uh, the blended family members. You had a story about Cynthia and Jeremy who faced hmm. some challenges when they tried to connect with their stepchildren. What took place there? Yeah, for this one, it was uh, kind of that I feel displaced phenomenon that sometimes a child feels. So Jeremy and his daughter Chloe had a good relationship, and Chloe was kind of the only woman in the house, right? And how old is she at that point? She's the princess in the home. I think she was 12, if I remember right. Perfect princess time. You know, very much so. (laughs) And all of a sudden, here's the new queen (laughs) in the home, my stepmom. Wow, does that kind of steal my place in dad's heart, in the home, and the certain things that I could do to just help out in the home. You know, I had a special place contributed to our family, and and now that's not needed of me anymore. And so it just feels like, how do I embrace my stepmother? What, what's my new identity in the family, right? There's, a, there's an adjustment that this child has to make. When Gary was talking just a minute ago about the five love languages, it occurred to me, sometimes the gift you want to give a child like Chloe is another opportunity to be special. Maybe he needs to create a new little ritual where they're spending a little time together, where it's just the two of them, that that restores a little of what she feels like has been lost. We are not saying, I always want to be careful and 
come around the other side. We are not saying dad stops being dad. Dad stops being a parent. He stops having boundaries and limits and consequences, and that would be the wrong application. But just something to help restore what a little of what has been lost. You also talk about the five P's of step parenting. Let's hit those. Yeah, and by the way, I think we're going to make available to your audience a little e-booklet, uh, the five P's of step parenting. So Excellent. That's good. If you Thank don't you catch all of these, that's you know, a free gift. Isn't it? People will be able to download that as a free PDF. That's exactly right. What are those five P's? P number one is partner. This step parenting is predicated on the notion that the um, step parent and the biological parent have really partnered well in their marriage. You're supporting each other. You're nurturing each other. The bio parent understands that they have to play a huge role in the lives of their children to set up the step parent for some success. The expectation, all right, kids, you're going to be kind and decent to this person. You know, that goes a long, <laughs> long way, right? Partner also means we talk behind closed doors about parenting, about rules, about consequences, about expectations of the children. We have to parent together. And let me tell you, I've done quite a bit of research and looking into the established research on this notion. But less than half of couples that are getting married to form a blended family have any serious conversation about how they're going to parent together. Huh. It is very overlooked by most couples. So then they get thrown into the mix, and now they're trying to figure it out as they go. You've got to partner well around parenting. So that's what sets the step-parent up to move into the second P, which is to pursue a relationship with the stepchild. And this is really the heart of what the love language and the message in this book is really all about. It's how do you pursue with wisdom? How do you pursue carefully? How do you understand what's going on with the child? Not overdo it. It, it. Let me give you a quick little analogy. If you had a new neighbor, John, you got a new neighbor moving in just yeah. a couple doors down, and you're thinking, I'm going to go and you know meet my new neighbors and try to you know get to know them and be a good influence and you know, what would you do? Well, let me ask you this way. What would you not do? If you're trying to make a friend out of a new neighbor, what would you not do? Well, you probably wouldn't go bang on their door and shout, you know, hey, I'm your new neighbor. Uh, let me in. I'm hungry. I'm going to get some food out of your refrigerator and just storm your way in. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, we all know that's not the way it works. Well, what would you do? You'd go knock on the door and you'd wait. And you might have to wait a while, and they might come to the door and say, who is it, and not even open the door. And you'd have to talk through a door, and how awkward would that be? But you, you know that's where it starts. And you'd talk long enough to let them know who you are and what you're about. And if they trust you a little, they might crack the door open, and now you got one eyeball you could talk to, and you, you talk to the eyeball for a little while. And they have to get comfortable there before they start moving the door open. Well, you can see the analogy. The child sets the pace for this pursuit. Mm. That's P number three. You're going to pursue, but you have to let the child's pace determine how hard you pursue, how intensely yeah. you pursue. Otherwise, you are a nuisance and a threat, Right. For P number four, patience. P number five is persistence. Those two are the what we've alluded to already. My goodness, if you're not patient, then you're just, you know, all the time frustrated and you're complaining and you're nitpicking about this, that, or the other thing and whining to your spouse, the biological parent, can't, why can't you get your child to love me? None of that helps. All of that just stirs stress and tension between family members. It's not helpful. Sure. But patience, crockpot mentality, it's going to happen. I just have to continue to pursue at a pace that the child can receive. 
and remain persistent. Yeah. Uh, Gary and I believe step parents should be stubborn, stubbornly persistent <laughs> at just loving as the child will let you love them and trust that over time that grows into something very authentic and a two-way. And the amazing thing, these are applicable to biological yes. kids. I mean, these are yeah. good concepts. Yeah, so uh, we're going to encourage you to swing by the website or uh, check the notes and get a copy of the little uh, download that we have for you, uh, which captures those five Ps mm. and explains them a little bit further. It's focusonthefamily.ca. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Hi, this is Jim Daly. Is your family feeling tired, restless, even stressed out? Well, you're not alone. These are tough times, and that's why we at Focus on the Family have created something new and helpful for you and your loved ones. It's called Focus at Home, a free on-demand streaming service featuring the faith-filled content from Focus on the Family that you know and trust. With Focus at Home, it's like you're getting access to our content vault. Explore old favorites like Adventures in Odyssey or Radio Theater. Discover new interactive children's stories. And we'll have a few surprises for you along the way. There's something fun for every member of the family. And we'll keep adding fresh titles so you can check in every day. Best of all, it's 100% biblically based. Sign up now and get total access to our best content for families during this challenging season. Visit FocusOnTheFamily.ca. FocusOnTheFamily.ca Insurance is all about trust, but what does that word really mean? Hi, I'm Danny Deeks, president of Deeks Insurance. For our team, trust means being honest, being reliable, understanding your needs, safety, and full transparency during the insurance process. To know more about our home and auto insurance coverage, get in touch with your friendly Deeks Insurance advisor at 1-800-240-5283 or visit deeksinsurance.ca now and experience a company you can count on. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Let's move into that uh, older phase, you know, perhaps grandparenting and blended family mm-hmm. in that regard. Older couples who remarry uh, often are blindsided by their adult children who react negatively to that. You mm-hmm. know, one of the parents has passed away and dad remarries uh and it was too fast and why is dad doing that and Mm -hmm. there's a lot and the kids are 30 something right right. and uh it makes for some real strange dynamics help us understand why adult children might have a hard time adjusting and now we're not talking about seeing it through the eyes of a child it's like dad saying come on john you're 35 you should understand why this is okay yeah you know not too long ago i experienced that in with a family that the two adult children simply did not want their father to remarry, and they expressed it and expressed it and expressed it, and he decided not to remarry. Oh, that's sad. Hmm. You know, allowing adult children to control his decision. Right. So uh, I do think I understand the adult child. You know, as an adult child, you've only known a mother and a father. Your mother died, and now you're your dad's. He's older, and now he's. Why does he want to get married? He's already. He's too old to get married. Gary, now, it's easy know? to jump to judgment on that for me because yep. I'm already going. That's terrible. Hmm. But talk about what they're seeing, the adult hmm. children. What's the justification? What is that insecurity, perhaps, or whatever yeah. it might be, and why dad 
may or may not listen to that. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes it's because they recognize things in that person that he's about to marry that right. he doesn't see. So that's valid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when we're in love, we don't see a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And somebody that's not in love can see things we don't see. So I think we have to be empathetic. And I think listen to those things. What are they? What are the reasons why uh, you think I should not remarry? And then take those things seriously and talk about them with the person. Work them out beforehand. I think another thing is, you know, they have these strong memories of their mother and their dad, and they have all these mental pictures of how they loved each other all of these years. And now at this juncture in life to bring someone else into their family. And then also it can sometimes be a financial thing. Sure. What's this woman going to do? She's going to come in here and get all the dad's stuff. You know? Right, which is our stuff. So there are a lot, yeah. of th- a lot of reasons why adult children might uh, not feel good about uh, their father remarrying. But what I would say to them ultimately is if the father chooses to remarry, then you need to ask God to help you be kind to your father and be kind to the person that he's married. You may not have a close relationship. Sometimes it will not happen, but at least you want to be kind to them and treat them as with dignity and respect. And that's the Christian attitude. I mean, really, that's first and foremost. Yeah. You know, almost 40 percent, uh, the research is showing about 40 percent of families in America are blended families. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a grandparent, the chances are almost 50-50 mm-hmm. that you're going to be connected in some way to a step family uh, with your adult children, etc. So the obvious question is, how do you become a good grandparent to those blended uh, grandchildren? You know, the, the interesting thing is the five Ps that we've talked about apply to step-grandparents. Right? You're going to pursue a relationship with these step-grandchildren, but you have to do it at a pace that they receive, that you're comfortable with, um, and that the adult child will allow. Let's recognize that when in the book we call the middle generation. So the grandparent, step-grandparent is the upper generation. The middle are the adult uh, parents, and then the lower is the grandchildren. If the adult child doesn't really let the grandparent have access to the kids, it's hard to pursue a relationship. That happens sometimes. So sometimes the first course of action is building an open door with the adult child uh, and the new spouse and then uh, getting their permission, if you will, to move forward in a relationship with the kids. Um, It can be awkward for step-grandparents. We hear from people on a regular basis in our ministry at Family Life Blended that people who say, "I I want to. I'm just not sure what to do. It's so natural to go hug my grandchildren. We have history and relationship and routines, and uh, we love each other, and I, I just don't even know who these other children are. Well, sure you don't, right? It is different, and it will take time, but you be the adult and lead with love and have a gentle pursuit and try to do the best you can. In the meantime, when it comes to the externals, it's really helpful if you are equitable. Don't buy your biological grandchildren hundred dollar mm-hmm. birthday gifts and ten dollar birthday gifts for the step grandchildren. Uh, just yesterday, I did a Facebook Live here at Focus on the Family, and that was one of the questions that came in. There's an inequality at how the grandparents are treating the children. We need to address that. We need to gently say, "Look, if that you want to so help terrible. us, if you want to help our family, it can start by just being equitable with your time, your gifts, your willingness to babysit all the kids, things like that." You know, it's amazing. Grandparenting. I didn't have the the advantage of grandparents. They weren't connected to our f- little family, our shrub. We didn't have a family tree. We had a shrub. <laughs> but uh, in that context, there was a surrogate 
grandparenting family mm-hmm. that my mom connected with, and they were just super nice mm-hmm. older people, the Hopes. They actually led my mom to the Lord before yeah. she died. Wow. So they did so much for our little fledgling family. But the thing about it is grandparents, by definition, they can play an incredible role yes. of letting out pressure within the family. You know, you go to grandma and grandpa's house and there's just a way that grandparents can talk to you as a 12-year-old, as a 15-year-old that makes that connection so tight. Grandparents can be a stabilizing force through the difficult single parent years. They step in, they fill a gap, they pick kids up from school, they make them breakfast, they do it. And by the way, there's a little loss for grandparents. Now a new step-parent comes in, we have this new family and that we don't need you, grandma, to make breakfast anymore to drop off or pick up. Well, that creates a little hard place in her heart, right? Right. It's transition for everyone. Well, Gary, I was going to ask you about that uh, because in the counseling practice that you do, it seems to me the adult children and the grandparents should be able to get together and work these wrinkles out, don't you think? I they mean, should be. They don't always. <laughs> <laughs> we wish. They should be. <laughs> but wouldn't that be a good first place to start? Let's get yeah. it up there on the table. Let's talk it out. Uh, the help that you can be to our family, grandma, grandpa, and kind of lay it out. Yeah, and I would say to both the grandparent and to their adult children, if the other one is being negative and the other one is saying, I don't want to have her lay, or they're being critical – you don't mimic their behavior. Right. You don't say, well, then we just won't have anything to do with each other. I've seen that so many times. They just cut each other off, and that is never healthy. And sometimes it can go on for years, and everybody suffers from that. No, it's okay. Recognize the hurt that they're coming from. The, both of you have some hurt that you're expressing. If you can listen empathetically, try to put yourself again. We've said this before. Put yourself in their shoes. Look at the world through their eyes and say, okay, and I can see how you would feel that way way. Now, how can we solve this? And you look for a solution rather than just cutting the ties. Right. It's so critically important. And what a healthier family you will have if you can do exactly what Gary's talking about. Um, I want to dial into probably the most important question, again, being that child with a stepdad that I had. um, It can be discouraging, I think, as that parent that step-parent, if that child just continues to refuse to let you in. And, Gary, this has all been wrapped around the love languages, and I get that. And this parent's been trying. They've been doing the touch, or if it's gifts, or if it's affirmation, all of those things that you've brilliantly highlighted. But it's now year five, Mm. and I'm getting discouraged. And the child is not 10, he's 15. And the problems are getting worse. The defiance is getting worse. What hope is there Mm. if you've been at it a long time, even on your knees praying, God, help me with this young boy that you've given me to raise as a stepson? Well, I think, first of all, we recognize that we cannot control that stepson's behavior. As parents or step-parents, we cannot control their behavior. But we can continue to reach out in love to them. Mm. Ultimately, love wins. Even if they don't ever, you know, warm up to you, right? they're still going to move into adulthood remembering the way you did reach out to them in love. And, and I would say also, don't force yourself on them. I don't care how long it's been. Don't force yourself on them. But do consistently reach out and speaking their love language on some level. And, you know, we've talked about different levels of the love languages. But I say be consistent 
and continue to have a positive atmosphere. God, help me to treat them the way you treated me, because the Scripture said God loved us while we were sinners Mm -hmm. and sent Christ to die for us. So I feel rejected by this person, but help me to love them. Show me how to love them consistently, because your love won my heart, and ultimately I hope that my love can win their hearts. Mm -hmm. No, it's so true, and these are great truths, again, for uh, biological families or blended families, yeah. these things, these principles all apply. Um, that last question has to be that step parent who's at the end, mm-hmm. and maybe they're thinking of giving up entirely because it's been so destructive emotionally yeah. for them, mm-hmm. and they don't have the support of the person they married, and the kids and that spouse are kind of winning mm-hmm. to wear that person down. I mean, obviously, counseling is the yes. right step there, but where else can they go? I do think resources are helpful. Imagine somebody saying, honey, could we sit down and read this book? Could we read it together? Could we just kind of look at this? Could we watch this video of uh, folks on the family having this conversation and let our discussion around what's going on with a child and what's happening on this side of it, and can you see how this is unraveling your family? All of a sudden, that becomes intervention, it's a tool. It can't be heavy-handed, but that person is reaching out for something practical that could help influence the other people in their family. That's yeah. one thing that I've seen happen over and over again. And Gary, I would think spiritually speaking, the marriage is paramount yeah. because kids will leave. Right. They grow up and they go, and what yeah. you're left with is that marriage. And that's why marriage, next to your relationship with Christ, your marriage is the next most important relationship. Then your kids, mm-hmm. and then so on to friends, etc. So we've got to prioritize correctly. Yeah, and that's why we really emphasize in the book the marriage relationship, because in a blended family, that marriage relationship, when the two of you are loving, supporting, caring, encouraging each other, it's the best thing you could be doing for your children, whether they're being responsive to both of you or not. They now have a model of what it looks like to love and care for another person, and giving them that model is extremely important. Well, again, this has been terrific. Uh, We've been at it a couple of days here, and I hope you, the listener, you're inspired. And obviously, there's so much more that we couldn't get to. But in Gary and Ron's wonderful book, Building Love Together in Blended Families, The Five Love Languages and Becoming Step Family Smart, uh, man, this is really good stuff. And I think it's valuable for the biological family as well. There's so many good things in here. Uh, so do get in touch with us for your copy. You can order that right from Focus on the Family Canada. And the proceeds go directly back into ministry, uh, strengthening marriages, helping parents, and even saving babies' lives. So join the support team today. Uh, but again, Ron and Gary, thank you for being with us and for the lifelong wisdom you have developed in this regard. Uh, This is your ministry, Ron, and this is what you've been doing at Family Life for many years now. And Gary, love languages. Uh, Again, thank you for that brilliant stroke that you identified what God did to wire us, and it's wonderful. So thank you both. Well, thank you. It's always good to be with Focus on the Family. Yes, it is. Thanks. And we're going to suggest you uh, stop by the website or give us a call to donate and get your copy of this great book, Building Love Together in Blended Families. Our number is 800, the letter A, and the word family, or stop by focusonthefamily.ca. And we've mentioned uh, that there might be a need for counseling uh, a couple of times, at least during this conversation. And Jim, 
generous donors have made it possible for us to have a fantastic team of caring Christian counselors here. Yeah, there are, and they're there for you. And believe me, after 43 years of ministry, you're not going to shock them. Don't be embarrassed. Whatever's going on, uh, they will lovingly talk with you and help you and take that in any direction it needs to go. Yeah, reach out to us, and uh, we'll schedule a consultation with one of those counselors. Again, our number, 800, the letter A, and the word family. We hope you have a great weekend, and that you can join us again on Monday when we'll hear from Jim and Lynn Jackson about what messages your child most needs in the midst of discipline and how to share those. Message number one, you are safe with me. Message number two, you are loved no matter what. Message number three, you're called and capable. Message number four, you're responsible. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.